Hello and waltz be heard for Monday, October 10th, 2022. I'm Mike Kachopoli. Hey everyone, how's it going? Hope you had a really, really good weekend. Um, hope you had a good Columbus Day. Hope you had a, hope many of you had a three-day weekend. Um, you know, I wanted to talk about this last week. I figured I'd wait till Columbus Day to talk about it, but uh, I've been, something's bothered me many times here in San Francisco on Columbus Day weekend. Here in San Francisco, I know that they have something called the Blue Angels. I'm sure many of you who live near the water, who live, let's say, in New York or Florida or Southern California, wherever you may be, Washington State, anywhere along the water, know about these Blue Angels. I believe they originated, I could be wrong about this, but I believe they originated in uh, Coney Island in, in New York. And on certain weekends, holiday weekends, it depends where you are. Here in San Francisco, it's always Columbus Day weekend in October. They they fly over, you know, these shows on Saturday and Sunday. And people go and they watch and they do these wonderful maneuvers and they get close to each other and it's exciting and incredibly, incredibly loud. And so a couple of years ago, well, a few years back, actually, I was thinking about running, uh, 2018, running for mayor of San Francisco. And I remember saying when I ran for mayor of San Francisco, when I, when I become mayor, I'm ending this these, these Blue Angel shows on Columbus Day. And I gave my reasons. I thought my reasons were very valid, the reason to end this. And it's that, you know, this overly militaristic, jingoistic country we live in, where everything is rah, 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 military. And I love the military. And I've come actually more in love with the military for the last few years. I still feel that it's too much. And also think about it. Think about all the veterans with PTSD. You know, we don't give, we seem to not give a fuck about veterans when they come back. And it's on every single level, whether it's money or housing or jobs or, or, or mental health. But think about veterans with PTSD who have to hear this all the time. Now, what they usually do is, and of course, forget dogs, forget animals, poor dogs, what they must go through, because this is not just a sat, this is not just, a, it's a four day thing, actually. They start practicing on Thursday, then they practice again on Friday, then they have shows on Saturday and shows on Sunday of, of Columbus Day weekend. And on th every year, it never fails. The first day of practice, I forget it's happening, and I think we're being bombed. I really thought this past Thursday that that's it. Putin had sent the first nuclear bomb off here. I thought I figured if he targeted San Francisco first, wouldn't shock me if he did. But uh, I, I really thought he. I, I woke up. I was, it was like in a cold sweat, and I said. And then f finally, I came to my senses after being awake for a few minutes. Said, "Oh shit, it's Columbus Day weekend. It's these damn Blue Angels again." But let me tell you, it was jarring, and I don't have PTSD. I was not in the military. I was not in any wars, and that plane. It is so loud. Those of you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, just go on YouTube and, and, and Google Blue Angels or Google Blue Angels and you'll see. Play the videos. These are incredibly loud, powerful planes that fly very low, very low. Um, and I just thought, my God, what if I were a veteran and I had PTSD and I for four fucking days, for several hours each day, I had to hear these planes flying, this incredible loud sound. It really sounds like a bomb has, has been dropped. And I thought, you know what? I, I I don't think we need this. I don't think we need these 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 shows of military glamour or force every fucking year. And this happens on holiday weekends around this country, along the coasts, especially in the major cities. 
And I thought, you know, maybe at one time in Coney Island, you know, Coney Island is not very, it's, it's populated, but it's not like a major, it's not like a major metropolitan area. Coney Island is pretty spread out, right? It's a beach. But when you're over San Francisco, over the marina, where it's very dense and there are a lot of people living and then it's flying, they're doing all these maneuvers over the financial district and Union Square. It's like, I said, it's enough is enough. So I remember saying this when I was running for uh, for mayor and I, someone and people said to me, oh, I'll never vote for you. No, no, very. We love these blue angels. Like this is the major one issue in there. Forget about homelessness or drug addiction or drugs or crime or anything. No, they wouldn't vote for me because I didn't want the fucking blue angels on Columbus Day weekend. Talk about single issue voters. So I was getting a lot of flack. So I opened up my Twitter, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, and someone who I totally disagree with all the time, Dean Preston, who's a total you know, f- fake progressive leftist who loved lockdowns and is for this awful Proposition H, which is going to be voted on next month here. Actually, voting started today, which would eliminate <laughs> eliminate the election next year and push eliminate all the city elections in 2023 and push them to 2024, giving themselves a free, giving the politicians a free year in office. Not only another, so it's a four year term. It became a, it becomes a five year term. So it's not only just a free year of, of rule, uh, of shit liberal rule, not that they wouldn't be replaced with another shit lib, but anyway, it would be a free year and also a free year of salary. And salaries here for board of supervisors are a hundred and something thousand and for mayors, 300,000. So I'm totally against Prop H. It's a power play just to gift themselves an extra year in office. And so I'm against Proposition H and we'll talk more about that in the next few weeks leading up to the election. But so anyway, I disagree with Dean Preston on everything, except he said, we need to stop the Blue Angels from flying over San Francisco. And let me tell you something, he's getting tons of flack for it. The friggin' San Francisco gate to go chronicle, they post an article about, oh, the water supervisor's member says, no more Blue Angels, how dare he, how radical. Well, it's not radical at all. And let me tell you, if you've got someone like Dean Preston of the extreme left, and me, a moderate centrist, um, whatever I am, conservatives totally disagreeing with Dean Press on every issue under the sun. If we both agree on this, there's got to be something to it. There's got to be something to it. We don't agree on anything. And so I'm glad Dean Preston had the, had the cojones to say this, because when I said it simply as, you know, a possible candidate for mayor, I was getting flack. He's, he's one of the board of supervisors and he said it. So I'm glad he did. And I really think we should get rid of this. I really do. I think it's absolutely pointless. I guarantee you the crowds are not what they used to be anyway. And I think it's a silly thing. And you know what? I, I really hope one day, I mean, I know this has been around forever. I hope it's not a bad accident. They don't fucking crash into each other and end up, you know, killing themselves and crashing. What happens if they crashed over a major city? I know they're good at what they do. I often wonder why they even have to practice for two days. They've done this so often. Um, but what, ha- what if there was a ma- what if there was a major accident? It happens over the water. It's one thing. The planes destroyed. What happens if there's a major collision over over people or over a, a dense city? I don't think it's necessary to have this anymore. I really don't. And the noise is, is jarring. Four days, two to four hours a day, four days straight of this is not a fun weekend for me. It's not a it's not a relaxing holiday weekend. We have enough tension and stress and anxiety in a city like San Francisco and all of our major cities run by Democrats. We certainly don't need the added anxiety of these planes, these drones flying overhead. So that's uh, even a little more than a pet peeve. I would like to see it gone. And yeah, if I were mayor, I would try to get rid of it. Whether I have any luck with that, I don't know how much power a mayor would have 
over ending something like that in their city. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but continuing on this theme of Columbus Day weekend, it's very important to talk about cancel, not just cancel culture, but the idea of erasing history. Um, you know, naming Columbus Day Indigenous Peoples Day, uh, trying to erase the history of Christopher Columbus. Now, listening to scholars talk about Columbus, the ones who aren't extreme leftists, they say that he was not really the tyrant people say he was. And much of that tyranny that happened happened once he had already left and departed. And there's really no evidence that he was this great tyrant, that the left has just made him into this great tyrant. Um, and he discovered this country. Whether you think he's a tyrant or not, a great guy, an asshole, whatever you might think of him, even though there's no proof of any of that, um, he discovered the country. There is proof of that. And so he has a very important, he's a very important element to this country. He's a very important part of this country's history. So there was, there was a time when I was buying into that crap. I have to admit, I'm going to admit, I admit it. I plead guilty. There was a time not too long ago, maybe four or five years ago, where I said, let's, yeah, let's change the name to Indigenous Peoples Day. Yes, we've treated the Native Americans poorly here. There's no doubt about that. So give them a day and take Columbus's name off it and whatever and still celebrate it. Uh, and then I thought about that. And then I listened to some other people talking, some other historians talking about it. And I said, you know what? I don't know if I'm, I don't think I believe in that anymore. And I think a reason why I've also changed my mind on that is this general thing. If it was just this one thing, I, maybe I can come to an agreement with, with, with the left. If it was just this one thing, just this one thing of changing Columbus Day to India. Okay. All right. But my problem is they want to erase all history. They want to take down all statues. Now they're doing this thing where they're renaming all these forts. You hear about this? Like 20 forts, Fort Bragg and stuff. It can't be named after any Confederate army people it has to be the names have to be changed after all these hundreds of years and it's continuing you know that with the taking down of statues renaming of schools remember that's what school boards were cared about like in san francisco too they only cared about the rename during the whole covid period where kids were not able to go into school not able to learn were being set back weren't able to see their friends were getting depressed all they cared about was renaming schools not getting kids back to school renaming schools so it's this whole idea of the left looking to erase history. Now we need to not, we need to embrace our history, embrace our history. So like I have said in the show many times, what I've come to realize is you give them an inch, they want a foot. You give them a foot, they want a yard. And so you really can't give it in at all. So I think we cannot name, I'm not for renaming Columbus Day anymore because you really can't give them anything because they won't just be satisfied with that. If they were normal people and not crazy, not lunatics, they would be satisfied with that, and we can agree on that, and it, that, that would end it. But it's not. It won't. Once they get that, they'll want everything. We've seen that. So you can't give in. You can't satisfy their, their, their thirst for, to erase history. And this whole idea of erasing history is incredibly Orwellian. It's like we don't want to admit what we are, what we were, and we want to pretend we were something else. Or now that we're so woke and with such great virtue signalers, we want to get rid of all that history. And that's, of course, totally wrong. And it's also stupid because if you don't know your history, then you'll repeat some of the bad things that happened not knowing your history. So the idea of knowing history and knowing, yeah, do this again, don't do this again, that's very important. But if you erase history, you don't have that anymore. And remember, 
remember where we are right now. I know people are saying, well, but you can you can uh, take down this statue. You can rename Columbus Day Indigenous Peoples Day. It won't matter. We, we know the deal. Yes, we know the deal. But as you erase history and you go through generations of history books and books that kids look at in school, this history will not be there anymore. That is how it works. That's how authoritarianism works. That's how erasing of culture works, is that eventually, once you get down further generations, they don't remember any of this stuff. It's almost like that... Um, what was the the the, the uh, uh, Men in Black, right? Where they put that laser, they put that light, and you just forget everything. That's basically what it's like. Generations from now won't remember any of this. This history will be gone, and that is not a good thing. That's a very bad thing, for all the aforementioned reasons. So, but what is this idea? Why do liberals love? Maybe someone can tell me why do liberals want to erase history. Notice if there's a history that you think is bad, right? Slavery or, you know, the, the native, the, the, the extermination of Native Americans and taking their land away, I mean, whatever it might be, the, the Confederacy, the Civil War, whatever you want to talk about. Why would you want to take that away? Why would you want to erase that? Why wouldn't you want everyone to see those black marks? Wouldn't you want everyone to see those black marks? But if you erase it, then it's like that's not even there anymore. There were no black marks. So what's the point of that? Does it just make you feel good to erase things? And is this part of the whole cancel culture? I cancel you. I cancel you. I don't agree with you. I cancel you. I don't like the history. I cancel it. Look, the fact of the matter is it, that is incredibly frightening. It's incredibly authoritarian. It's incredibly Orwellian. Orwell would actually blush at this. Orwell would blush at the idea of erasing all history, even though he wrote that partly in 1984 with the editing of newspapers. But this is many steps beyond that. This is not just changing language, which the left also wants to do. They want to change language, but also very Orwellian. But this this here is, is incredibly dangerous. And it's also self-defeating. Like I said, you need to know. People need to know what their history was and history is in order to make things better, make things different. Don't do the same things over again. Once again, I'll get Daniel in a second. Let me just stay on this thought, like a science fiction movie, like Total Recall or, or Men in Black. The whole idea of that whole history erasing, erasing of memory is that the memories you have of the things you did wrong, you can then not do those things again. You cannot go into those potholes again. But if you erase all that, it's like you had never made any mistakes. You will make those mistakes over and over again. You do not have a memory, a history to recall. I know this seems very common sense to you and I, but this does not remain. This is not common sense to the left. And something in them wants us. It, it, it makes them feel good to erase history. In fact, if they could, and in some ways they try this, they would like to erase history and put in fake history. It's not good enough for them to erase history. They want to put in their own history, their fake history of of the country. A fake narrative, a fake reality, as they've done for the last two and a half years with COVID and vaccines. They don't like the actual reality. They want to remove it, put in their own, and, and change the reality. This is, a, for some reason, I'm in... I'm in movie mode, like Back to the Future, right? You go in and you change the way things are so things in the future are different. That's what they really want to do. It's also nutty. It really is also nutty, you know? And I wish it was kept in the world of science fiction and Orwell and books and movies, but it's not. It's real life and it's here. And so part of this, let's get rid of Columbus Day. Let's call it no. 
call it Columbus Day. And then when a kid says, mommy, what is Columbus? Then you can tell them all the positives and negatives about Columbus, all the history, right? The people who say this about him, the people who say that about him, the historians that write this about him, the historians that write that about him, and let the children and the generations of the future make up their own minds about Christopher Columbus and his, uh, his uh, part of our history. But just, just to say it's gone, it's gone. I wave a wand and it's gone is about as frightening as things get, I think. Daniel, do you think it's frightening also, as frightening as I think it is? Yeah, yeah I, I, I sure do. Um, um, I, I, I agree with you, by the way, on the Blue Angels thing. Um, I respect the military a lot, but um, uh, they don't need to be flying, you know, over. I, I couldn't even go outside. I had to walk to the panhandle to get away from the noise because if I was to go outside within you know how like if a loud motorcycle goes by or an ambulance goes by, you have time to stick your fingers in your ears so you don't damage your, damage your hearing. There was no time between when you first heard one of these things, but and by the time you could get your fingers to your to your ears, the damage was done. Well, and it's not just the noise; it's the vibration. You can't oh, stop the vibration of those things. It was it literally felt like a bomb was dropped. My 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 whole my whole room shook. Yeah, if if you're indoors, yeah, it's gonna feel different. Out, outdoors, I was you know trying to get out and get some exercise, and I literally couldn't get my my hands to to my ears in in time to to and it's painful. I mean, it's it's it was just it was I just can't believe that that, that they're allowing something like this to happen. I mean, it doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum you're on. I just can't believe that they allow this to happen. Um, but back to the uh, the tearing down history um, thing. I, I just think it shows an incredible amount of naivete and a, a willingness to, to be judgmental. They, I think uh, the leftist, leftist loves to be judgmental. Um, they, if, if you're given permission, especially to be judgmental, um, some people will just they'll go nuts with it. Um, we saw that in COVID. Um, we, we, we saw the uh, media giving people uh, permission to be judgmental and they were being brutal to people that weren't wearing these ridiculous masks on their face. You go in a grocery store and you get attacked, literally attacked by people. Yes. Right. Um, and and it's, 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 you give people a little ounce of self-righteousness along with some, you know, um, a mandate or, or, or a, a wink and a nod kind of mandate to, to, for, to um, condoning some certain behavior and they'll, they'll go nuts with it. It's, it's, it's kind of the nature of um, human beings and uh, all of all of us. And, and uh, if you're not aware of it, um, you do it. And, and, and that's what these really naive people on, on the left do. And this relates to history with respect to, you know, 100 years ago, even 50 years ago, um, certainly 200, 300, 400 years ago, life was harsh. Life was freaking harsh. And you had to stay in line with roles of all kinds, roles appropriate for your age and your gender and your um, skill set and, and, and your you know, what, whatever, whatever might define you, you, who you are in this world. There are certain roles you got to choose from. And those roles were established because society needed you to fill those roles. And if, and, and if you didn't, society was in jeopardy. And your tribe was in jeopardy or your family was in jeopardy. So you were forced to fill those roles. And, and people are they're so freaking naive these days that they think that that um, they can just choose 
whatever roles that they that they want in life, whatever identity they want in life, you know, it, it's ridiculous. Identities are all have always been negotiated with 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 uh, every 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 member of your community, tribe, or family, and so we see this nonsense with the with the transgenderism, and it's just a disconnect from how harsh life actually has been for almost our entire existence as human beings. So they look back and they judge people for reacting to in a way that preserves their very lives in a very harsh environment. But I do wonder, though, I do think that it's part of this idea of if something bothers me, if I don't like it, I want it to disappear, right? And that, that's an incredibly selfish way of being. It's like, this bothers me. I don't like it. This bothers me. And, and, and what's frightening about these people is that they will do it to human beings if they could, you know, which is a very Nazi-like thing, but it's true. And they we certainly will. We, right. We saw that with COVID, too, where if you're unvaccinated, I mean, they kept on pushing. They kept on pushing the envelope, right? They were like, well, yeah, you shouldn't be able to go to a play. Well, OK, now you can't work. Oh, yeah, now you can't feed your family. And many of them, many of them, if you spoke to them or if you looked on social media, said things like, well, yeah, I think they should be put in, in camps, right? We yeah. saw that. We, we heard that. We heard they that. were calling for harsher and harsher, harsher and harsher treatment right. um, with respect to this, this world's shittiest vaccine. It, it was it was it was grotesque. Mm -hmm. mm. And of course, you can take it to the extent they didn't say this on social media because they would have been suspended. But, you know, many of them in their hearts wouldn't care if those people died. They didn't care. In fact, you actually you did see that on social media, didn't you? You saw people saying, oh, uh, this person died, they were not vaccinated, and people would jump on it and say, good for them, good for them, good exactly. for them. Exactly. Right. It happened over and over, especially early on in, in, in 2020. Um, that happened over and over and over again. You saw articles like that, and you saw people on Twitter um, behaving in, in the manner that you just described over and over again. Right. So it's basically that whole idea of we don't like you. You are dirty to us. You are unclean to us. We want you gone. Or we don't like this idea. We don't like we don't like this idea. We don't like this person. We don't like this person, what they are, what they represented. It, we don't like it. It bothers us. Therefore, we want to erase them. But of course, they like think they've said, got cover. Yeah. These people and the are other so ingredient is they think that they have cover and that cover is provided to them through messages through the media and um, and other their peer group, whatever. Um, they think they've got cover to behave in very gruesome ways. They absolutely do. They they feel they have cover. And uh, on many of these issues, whether it's Columbus Day or whether it's vaccinations or whether it's statues of, 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 of Confederate, you know, generals, whatever it may be, soldiers, they believe they have cover from the government. And they do indeed have cover from the government in Democratic run places. They have cover from their liberal Democratic leaders. Absolutely, they have cover. They are cheered on by these people. They are told by these people that this is the normal right way to be. This, this is the way things should be. And so they're emboldened by their government. And when, when, when people who are really unstable to begin with in many ways are emboldened by their government, it's a very frightening thing. It's a dangerous thing. It's one thing if they're just twisting in the wind alone. But when they have the power behind them, when they have the people with the power behind them, that becomes very dangerous. Yeah. If we were to see a, a, a breakdown in society and then and that resources became very scant, 
um, compared to say maybe like four or five hundred years ago, and life became that hard again. I guarantee you that many of these behaviors that um, these very naive uh, illiberals, I don't like calling them liberals once again, they're illiberals, many of the behaviors that these very naive illiberals like to pass judgment about would resurface, and they would resurface because they would be necessary. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And like I said, I, look, I was, I, was on, I was on Facebook a few days ago, and, you know, Facebook will give you these, you know, reminders of things that happened three years. Four years ago, you wrote this. I wish that wouldn't happen. I don't want to know what I wrote four years ago. But it says four years ago, you said this on this day, and I think it was Columbus Day weekend of 2018. And I wrote in my tweet that, you know, we should change Columbus Day to uh, Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, and we need to get rid of the Blue Angels. So I'm still on the side of getting rid of the Blue Angels, but I don't believe we should we should change Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day simply because, once again, Columbus is part of our history. And like I said, this cancel culture, this erasing history culture has gotten so bad. It's gotten so much worse over the last four or five years. And like I said, you give them a little bit and they get emboldened. They want more and more and more. They say, oh, look, we got that from them. Now we're going to go for this. That's the problem. So even if I, like I said, even in a past life, if I agreed with this, I cannot agree to give them this now because well, it, them, it, it would not be good enough for them. It would not yeah, be good. For them. Yeah, yeah, give them some time because they'll be in can, they'll be canceling the indigenous people as well because the indigenous people of this of this country um, were very brutal to one another, extremely brutal to one another. Um, and give them time; they'll learn that history, and then they'll want to cancel them too. Um, the only thing that'll be left uncanceled um, will be cockroaches. Look, there was a lot of brutality. There was a lot of brutality in this country. It's human history. Absolutely. In this country, was every group was brutal to each other and others. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. it. It's absolutely true. There was no. But that's another thing that liberals want you to believe. And they want this to be written in history, that the white man was evil and disgusting. And the, and the, and the minorities were religious and had, had, you know, had those angel wings, the angel ring over their heads. I mean, it's such stupidity. That's not human being. There are good people and bad people on every, every imaginable you know, race, color, creed, but this doesn't, this common sense approach, this actual, not just common sense, it's an actual really intellectual approach that everything's not just black and white, there are shades of gray, is not good enough for the left. They want our children to be taught, and this is part of critical race theory, Daniel. They want our children to be taught white people bad, minorities good. White people evil, minorities angelic. That's what they want people to believe. And it's not true. It's just not true. It's, it's not. It's it's not true, and not only is it not true, it's a it's a um, prescription for repeating um, and inventing new gruesome behavior. If you do not realize that within yourself and within every human being there is potential for great good and great evil within each one of us, then that naivety is going to be a prescription for great evil. If you think your only potential is great good, you are going to be committing great evil and you won't even realize it. And this is exactly what happened during COVID. Exactly. Many yes. of these people thought that they could do, they, you know, these same judgmental, naive illiberals um, who are passing judgment on uh, historical figures think that they can do no bad. And what did they do? They committed one of the most heinous, the most heinous crime in my lifetime, the most heinous mass crime in my lifetime, and I'm 65 years old. This 
I mean, the, the it, at some point, maybe it will set in with these people about how evil they were. Um, the, you know, you, you, you know, give them the, the, the potential, you know, the credit for having the potential for growth. Um, maybe at some point they will realize, yeah, yeah, we're all very capable of doing good and evil. And I should temper, therefore, my judgment of people in the present and in the past and in the future. Because if you do that, your mind, your mind is open. It's a, it's a, you, there's, you have a far clearer perspective into where things can go wrong, and you can stop them. Then you can, yes. And and the, the whole idea is the left's whole um, uh, argument for the you know against bigotry and stuff is that okay you don't you're afraid of what you don't know right you're afraid of what you can't explain you're afraid of what's different than you right this is what they've been, always been saying about this about bigots and such. They're afraid. They're little afraid people. Well, look, what 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 were they during the last two and a half years of COVID? They were afraid of the unvaccinated, weren't they? They were truly afraid. They thought the unvaccinated people were going to kill them. This is what they thought, right? This is, it's you know what, Daniel? When I say it like that, that these people thought the unvaccinated were going to kill them, it sounds like someone in like medieval, um. A medieval, a medieval time would think, right? It's it almost does. like it's almost like Salem. It's like the Salem witch trials. I mean, it's like this. This is the kind of my. It's it's. There's no intellect there. There's no science. There's no anything there. It's simply fear, right? Fear and ignorance, and once again, that permission, the the critical mass of permission given by others to behave in that way. Well, exact. Well, that's what you call groupthink, right? That group psychosis, the whole idea of, of everyone thinking alike and being afraid. As, look, as, you know, as, as crazy sometimes as Ye West can be, you know, and, you know, his, his you know, he shouldn't be tweeting, I'm going to go after Jewish people. It's, it's stupid. But before that, other than his, you know, sometimes, once again, people speak their mind a lot, like I do, are going to say things from time to time that offend people and even things that maybe shouldn't be said. And he speaks a lot and he speaks his mind. But the whole idea of him saying, that he was afraid. He was afraid to admit he liked Donald Trump. He could not tell. Living, being in Hollywood in the music industry, he could not tell people he liked Donald Trump. He was totally afraid. And people pretty much told him, you will be canceled for that. You will be destroyed for that. That is a very frightening thing in this country where you cannot, you cannot admit that you are for a certain president or presidential candidate frightening stuff really is it is frightening stuff and and you know um did you did you see the movie i haven't seen it yet but i've heard quite a bit about it um read quite a bit about it and it's historical inaccuracies and that's the um the woman king have you seen it not yet i will i have not it is just it is just so mind-boggling that this group of historical cancel culture nuts are putting forth this movie of all things which glorifies a society which for over 200 years their entire existence was based on slave capture and trade right. not, not 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 even amongst europeans amongst yeah. themselves right and and, and they, they were extremely extremely brutal group and, and and here they go glorifying these 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 so-called women warriors who by the way 
in their very first battle got their ass kicked. And yeah. out of the over 300 of them, I think there was like 17 left of them um, within, an, within, it seems, I think it was within an hour or so, the French just totally cremated. I don't think they enjoyed it either. I don't think the French enjoyed it either. Um, and, and to see this, this historical misrepresentation and misinformation, oh my God, there's that word, um, coming, coming from the left, um, and it's it's just it's just uh, what's 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 the word that I'm looking for here? Oh, I'd really like to find a good one, but it's uh, I don't want to use the word hypocrisy. It's too overdone. It's just uh, the cognitive. Um, oh, geez, what's ah? Anyway, I'm blanking on the word that I really want here, but there's this cognitive disconnect that is going on where they're being so extremely hyper-judgmental and naive about uh, figures and, and behaviors of the past. And at the same time, they're producing this piece of crap movie with no historical uh, um, accuracy whatsoever, glorifying a, a, a country or a, a country tribe built entirely around the slave trade and forcing women in, into a, 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 into battle situations where they're going to meet sure death. Well, look, I would never, ever, Daniel, the mistake you're making is I would never look to Hollywood to give us a, you know, clear history, you know, a historically accurate rendering of anything. They're going to come at it from their their current day 2022 point of view. Right. And what the narrative they want to show. I mean, that, that's just it. That, 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 you know, it, it, look, what they're they're showing women warriors. Right. OK, so let's say the women warrior, the, the brave woman warrior. Well, they're going to whitewash the other stuff right they're not going to include the other what is it accentuate the positive eliminate the negative especially with the, <laughs> no it is accentuate remember the song right accentuate the positive eliminate the negative like latch on to the affirmative that's what they do i mean that's basically the whole idea so you can't look at hollywood look even directors i like like oliver stone you never people were so upset about like the movie jfk i remember that they're like oh my god historically it's ridiculous of course it is you don't look towards a filmmaker for historical accuracy they are giving their point of view the narrative they want to push now when i look at film i always think of as a, as a in a current way and form of film critic is it good art i want is it good art is it good art is it good entertainment i am not i know there are some critics who do like historical accuracy but those critics are even often on the left right and they have their own views of what history is so I just, you know, I, I'm sure these these films. I, I would hate to be a historian because I wouldn't be able to enjoy any movie, <laughs> any movie that has any kind of historical context. If I was yeah. an actual historian, it would drive me insane watching these movies. But I don't know. I'll see it as an entertainment, as a work. I don't know. But um, I, Daniel, you cannot look to Hollywood for any kind of historical accuracy whatsoever. Well, well of, course, of course you can. And that's not what I'm doing here. Well, I'm just trying to um, highlight the fact that. They are trying to uh, judge um, retrospectively uh, um, the, the uh, behavior and individuals of the past. And at the same time, they're promoting uh, um, a, um, a, a promote, promoting and glorifying 
the very evil that they say that they're against. This, I understand. This, That's this, a good point. That's a very this, good point. This is, this is a society that was very, very brutal. The slave trading society was very, very brutal. And speak of misogyny, my God, how mis misogynistic does a society have to be to send women into hand-to-hand -hand combat with warriors, French warriors who, who with lots of arms, um, to, to certain death. How misogynistic does a society have to be to do something like that? You're right. Absolutely. No doubt about Of course. Of course. But, you know, Hollywood is. These are black women and they were fighters and they were warriors and they must have been on the side of good. Right. They, they're protecting their lives. They're protecting their their freedoms. They're protecting their people. You know, and that's it. And that's that's what the, that's what the idea. I mean, once again, from what I've seen of the heard about the movie and seen the trailers, I haven't seen the movie yet. But uh, from what I've seen, you know, but we're seeing a lot of that now. You know, a friend of mine who's a very far left guy hates Trump, totally has Trump. I love him, but he's got Trump derangement syndrome. Um, and uh, he knows it, but he knows it. He actually admits it. He's one of those people you're like, you know, you got TDS. He's like, I know, I hate him. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, so we get that out of the way. But even he says, you know, I can understand why Democrats are going to lose next month. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, people watch TV. A lot of people, people in middle America, especially, they watch a lot of TV. And what we're constantly seeing these days are like ads. And you notice in ads these days, all the, all the couples are like interracial or gay or lesbian. He says 90% of the commercials he's watching and he, he notes them. It's like a, an interracial couple or a black and Asian. The whites, whites rarely appear. Straight whites rarely appear in ads anymore. And it's either that or the gay couple or the lesbian couple or the gay and the lesbian couple or the mixed couple, or the mixed gender couple. And he's like, it's getting to the point where it's too much. It's over the top. Now, there was a time when they were like, OK, we want we want our culture, our television, our commercials, our advertisements to more represent the country. OK, there was a time when it was 99 percent white. That doesn't represent the country. But this doesn't represent the country either. It's not 90 percent lesbian. It's not 90% mixed couples. So they've gone so far over the top that people are starting to resent this now. Some, some consciously, some, some, some consciously, some subconsciously. But it's just too much. It's overload. They've gone over the top. And now it really is time to pull back. Say, okay, 15% of our country is like this. Let's make 15% of the ads interracial couples. But not 90%. It's ridiculous. Our country is still predominantly white they're still predominantly straight it's still what, what, cisgender yeah. it's still very cis, cis cisgender yet if you watch these ads you would think we were living in a country where everyone was either gay lesbian or the straight couples are all black and, and white or black and asian they're all they're all interracial couples and he said people are seeing this in middle america and they're starting to resent this they're starting to believe the idea that the white culture that whites are being eliminated totally eliminated and these advertisements, Hollywood is actually, you know, fueling the fire with this stuff because they don't want to stop. They've gone too far with their political correctness, too far with their wokeness. And now people are going to fight back at the voting booth. But once yeah. again, this is a total lefty saying this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I agree with, with, with everything. I mean, Hollywood, everything you said. Hollywood, I mean, they, they, they aren't uh, independent um, rigorous thinkers, they, they they see a bandwagon, any bandwagon going by, and and they jump on it. And if that, you know, and, and and if you had everyone saying, "Hey, the wagon's heading off a cliff," you know, they're committed to it. They'll go off the cliff.
Yeah. And, and so once again, <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting to a point now where people want to fight back at this. I mean, look, I think the right, the conservatives have been taking this for a long time without really fighting back. The idea of canceling culture, erasing culture, changing the name for this, that, the other thing, pronouns, getting rid of statues, you know, all these advertisements and with, you know, with, with, with uh, people that don't reflect the, the overall demographic of the country. I think they've been taking this long enough. They have. And I think now they're starting to say, you know what, we're not going to take this shit anymore. We're just not going to take it anymore. We don't want this to be our country. We don't want this to be a country of political correctness, of of ultra wokeness, of having to walk on eggshells if you don't use the right pronoun for somebody. We don't want this. We don't want to erase our history anymore. We want to show the history, the good, the bad, let future generations decide for themselves, make the history books correct, let the kids decide what they want to be, who they want to be, not force transgender stuff down their throat, not 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 force uh, critical race theory down their throat. People starting to say enough, enough is enough. They are. And I think this is all very much part of what's going to happen four weeks from basically tomorrow. I, I think, think yeah, I think you're absolutely correct. I think yeah. people are disgusted by this, this sort of behavior. Um, and uh, Matt Gates um, kind of fired the first shot in that culture war a few, a few weeks back when he was asked uh, whether he was concerned that he might be offending, offending some people with some things he said. And he said, be offended. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my motto for now on. Anyone ever ask, oh, but don't you, don't you think you, you could be hurting somebody's feelings? Don't you think that uh, you could be offending somebody? And I'll say, okay, have hurt feelings. Be offended. I'm saying what I think. Right. Have hurt feelings. Be offended. And if you don't like it, then you, if you don't like someone, if you don't like a Twitter account, you can block that Twitter account. You have every right to block that account so you never see. And I've done it. I've done it. I don't want Dan Rather canceled. I don't want Rob Reiner canceled. They can say whatever the fuck they want. I don't want George Takai canceled. I don't want Stephen King canceled. They can say whatever they want. I can decide whether I'm going to allow them on my feed and then I can look at their, what they have to say and get mad or respond. Or I can just block it and not have to see what they have to say. It doesn't stop their right to say it. Millions and millions of people will still see what they have to say, but I don't have to anymore. And you're allowed to make that decision, right? Social media gives you that option. The option social media should not have is to eliminate those people from anyone seeing them. That's the problem. Give the right to the individual viewer, the adult, decide whether they want to hear out somebody or not, whether they want to see somebody's tweets. And let's go back to the president, Donald Trump, the former president. Anyone had the right to block his account, and you never had to see Trump's tweets, ever. But the people on the left with Trump derangement syndrome, this was like the old days of Howard Stern. They loved and they hated him. They loved to hate Trump. So they wanted his tweets. Their tweets, their, their life was waking up to see his tweets. And then they would say they hated him and they should be gone and he should be, they should, you know, he should be canceled. But they could not resist. They, they never blocked him. Because they needed psychologically, they needed those tweets in their lives. Yeah. Um, one, one last one, one thing to sum it up before I, um, before I hang up is that um, to, to these people uh, um, that um, just love to go back 200, 300, 500 years ago and, and to cancel people and cancel them, cancel them out of our present lives, cancel their memories out of our present lives, I have to wonder how those people people are going to feel about themselves in 10 years when they look back at how they behaved in the last 10 years and their memories of themselves. Um, 
You mean anyway, I'm, 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 just, I'm just throwing that out there rhetorically, and I'm going to say good night. Good night. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks for the call. Um, I don't know. Are those people ever going to look back at themselves? Do they have that introspection to look back and say, you know, what did we do? I, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, did did the Nazi prison guards look back and say, what did we do? Maybe one or two. I don't know. I don't think they did, though. I don't think they did. You know, um, I, I've seen some trials, some some glimpses, some some videos of trials of these former Nazi prison guard. You know, they went after them even when they were you know, 80, 85 years old. And I don't recall them seeming to really repent. You know, I, I, I think people, they're psychologically, they have to because they're doing such horrible things, they need to, to justify what they're doing. And that becomes part of what they are and who they are. And I don't think they look back and say this was wrong because they couldn't live with that kind of guilt. Do you think a Nazi prison guard could live with the kind of guilt of what they did? No. So they, they justified whatever it may be. Usually it was I had to file these orders or I'd be killed. I had to file these orders or I'd be killed. Therefore, I was just doing my job to save my life. And of course, I had a family to feed. I couldn't leave them alone, blah, blah, blah. And there you go. There you justify it in your head and you live that with your life. And that's what you believe. And that, that, that relieves you of the guilt. You were forced to do this. You were forced to. Or you would be dead and your family destroyed. You couldn't allow that to happen. So there you go. It justifies. People do this all the time, even on smaller things, right? Criminals on, on small things. Well, I got I to gotta survive. I don't really want to. Do, I don't really want to steal this hundred dollars. I don't want to rip this person off. I don't want to steal this old lady's pocketbook. But I, I got to survive. I got to survive. And so they justify in their head because people don't want to think they're evil or wrong or bad people, or hurting others. Um, so that's part of the justification, I think, of even you know the COVID stuff is that they felt they were told that their lives were in danger. They felt they were saving lives. They were saving lives by wearing a mask. They were saving lives by getting the vaccine. They were saving lives by forcing others to get the vaccine. They were doing things that were necessary at the time to survive. And that's, I think, the justification. Again, I'm not one of these people. I can't get into all their minds. But that's, if I could try to get into their head, that's what I would think. And so forever they're justified. Forever they're justified. They were following this quote-unquote science. They were following leaders like Fauci. They were following the President of the United States. They were following the, the leaders of their state. They were following good people, and they were told this is what they had to do, and they did it. It's the same mindset of I was just following orders. It's the same mindset of alleviating yourself of any guilt and responsibility by simply saying this is what I had to do to survive. So I don't think any people, any, anyone's going to look back and say what they did was wrong. What what we did as a collective whole was wrong. I don't I don't think it's going to happen. I hate to you know I hate to be that guy to be so cynical, but that's my feeling on it. I, I don't think there'll be any retros any kind of retrospection when it comes to the COVID stuff or what's been done. I don't think there'll be any retrospection in regard to any of this uh, uh, stuff to cancel culture and the canceling history and the erasing history. I think they feel this is the right thing to do. They feel it's the right thing to do. In my mind, in their mind, they are convinced these were evil people. Columbus was an evil guy. You know, the the the, the generals of the of the you know the Confederacy were evil people. They were all evil people. The the you know, our founding fathers were evil people, right? They were slave owners. That was evil. It's so easy 
to judge based on what is now, right? It's so easy to judge the past. And I'm just talking about like 20 years ago, hundreds, hundreds of years ago, based on what we do now, what we believe now, our current, um, uh, our current belief, our current system uh, of beliefs and morals and ethics and values, which will change also as time goes by, which will change as time goes by. I can only hope that future generations, future, forget about the people now, they'll be dead. So forget about them, the people now ever, ever looking back, they'll be long gone when that happens. But the future generations will say, wow, look at what these people did during COVID. Look at what these people did. Look at, I'm hoping that future generations will be more intellectually, uh, will be more visionary and more intellectual and less emotional about things. That's the whole thing, right? That's almost like the aliens, right? The aliens who are like very intellectual and they're super intellectuals and they use 80% of their brain. They're not emotional. And they look at the, 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 the people who use emotions as being almost like medieval, not having their full capacity to be intellectuals and do the right thing. And I think it's the same thing. I'm hoping future generations will say, you know, this was really barbaric. This was really barbaric what happened. And we don't want that to happen again. And then I would hope and believe in the future they don't erase this. We don't want to erase what happened during COVID, right? Uh, okay, let's let's look into the future, okay? Very heady for a Monday show. Let's look into the future. Fauci is like Columbus, right? Fauci is like a, uh, one of those Confederate... <laughs> okay, let's see the future judges Fauci as evil, which I hope they do. I don't want him erased. If there's a statue of him somewhere, I don't want that taken down. I, I hope it doesn't ever goes up, but if it does, I hope it's not taken down because I don't want history erased. I don't want it erased. I want people to know about history and understand where we went wrong. Okay? Like I said, if you don't know where you went wrong, you don't know how to go right. There it is right there. If you don't know where you've gone wrong, you don't know how to go right. And so I don't want any of this to be erased. And I'm hoping the future generations, Daniel and others, can say, wow, this was, God, I cannot believe. They must have been, been so scared. Such a mid they must have been such medieval thinkers that they were truly frightened and they didn't follow actual science. They didn't follow any common sense. They didn't follow any, any knowledge of, uh, of how things work, of how viruses work. And that's my hope is that the future will look back at this and, uh, which is what we have to make sure this is written up in the history books. That's our biggest issue. Currently it needs to be written up in history because if it's not, then future generations will never know what happened. It'll never know what happened. And so we have to fight now to make sure it is written. We have to make sure that people like Jay Bhattacharya, see, this is what's so dangerous about like Twitter getting rid of Peter McCullough, right? Just eliminating him is that his history of what he's been saying. I know there are other places where it appears. I know he, you know, tw I know Twitter is a small part of the world. I get it. Even though it's a very big part of mine because I have no life, but still it's dangerous, right? The idea of everything this guy has written, everything he has said, has been eliminated. Everything he has written on Twitter over the last two and a half years is gone. You can't see it anymore. You see, that's that's the totalitarian Orwellian erasing of history. Okay? That's what's very dangerous. It's almost like it's almost like they don't want that to be in the history books. They don't want what guys like Peter McCullough or Jay Bhattacharya or Marty McCarry and others have said to be remembered, to be in history, to be written down in black and white. They want it gone. And we have to fight like hell. We have to fight like hell to make sure that doesn't happen. Shows like this, you know, do these kinds of shows, support these kinds of shows, 
who that 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 actually say these things and these are time capsules that will be around hopefully forever for a very long time so people can remember what happened i think that's that's very very important uh speaking of jay Bhattacharya, and once again look at the things jay just has just written over the last 24 hours. Vaccine mandates have demolished public trust in vaccines and are anti-science. Correct. Ignoring legitimate vaccine injury is anti-science. Correct. He also wrote recently about ignoring uh, natural immunity is anti-science. Correct. So making t- masking toddlers is anti-science. He wrote making toddlers. Pretty funny. Masking toddlers is anti-science. Correct. So this is the stuff you want remembered. This is the stuff you want in history books. This is the stuff you want people seeing 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. But the left wants this gone. They don't want a history of this. They don't want a history of who was right and who was wrong, who was on the right side of history, who was on the wrong side of history. They don't want that. We have to fight against that. Luckily, for some reason, Jay Bhattacharya isn't deemed important enough, like I guess Peter McCullough is, to have him erased yet. But they will eventually. And we have to fight against that. Are you listening, Elon? Elon may or may not be listening, but I know Karthik is listening. How are you, Karthik? What's going on? Wait, let me see. I think I, I got you. There you go. Are you on? Hello. Hey. Hey, hey, Mike. Uh, one second. I'm just uh, typing something. Go ahead. Finish typing. I'll take, I'll take a, 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 a slug of water here. Is it important? Is it an important email? Karthik, are you there? Yeah, yeah, man. Okay, now I can talk. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah you know, I, 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 I was uh, uh, a sending a hate mail to Elon Musk. But seriously, um, <laughs> no, I don't think Elon Musk is uh, really going like, to – first of all, I, I have no idea if, if he's actually going to buy Twitter. Like, I know there's, a, there's like some, you know, some uh, shenanigans right now. But let's uh, – so let's uh, – first of all, I, I don't really think that Elon Musk is actually in favor of um, – free speech as he claims to be because like if he was he'd be saying something about uh julian assange right now um but seriously well i'll just stop you for a second i'll let you go but i mean uh, keep on going but a lot of people who are for freedom of speech don't talk about elon don't talk about assange i mean that, that doesn't oh make... yeah for sure but we're talking about elon musk right you know well obviously like, like a lot of people that like claim to be in favor of free speech are total bullshitters we agree on that but i'm just saying if you're elon musk and you know you're saying oh i'm gonna bring free speech to Twitter, and I'm going to delete the bots. And hey, if he does buy Twitter, I, I hope he does delete bots. We, we all hate bots, you know? Um, but I'm just very skeptical that a billionaire is, is, is going to be our savior and save us all from the evil censorers. Um, you know, I, I'd say this. I guess it's possible that in the beginning there is actually some free speech, you know, because on Twitter there used to be free speech a long time ago. But, you know, because Twitter is this giant establishment, you know, there's going to be uh, demands from the shareholders or they might get pressure from the government because cause Elon Musk wants to keep his uh, security contracts with the military industrial complex because he has SpaceX too, not just Tesla and Twitter. Um, although I'm sure he has some connections with the government with Tesla as well, you know. So, And I do know that the government gives a Tesla subsidies every year and then they say, hey, if you want these subsidies, then you, you got to do what we want you to do, you know, on social media censorship. So... Well, you, uh, you get what I'm saying, Mike? Let's put it this way. He has said, let's put it this way. Why is he buying Twitter? First of all, it's not a profit maker. Half of it's fake. Half of it's phony. He's yeah. given $45 billion. I believe the stock, the country, it's, it's worth a lot less than that. 
So why? He claims he's buying it because he wants to make this free speech platform. And I believe him because I don't see any reason else why he would have it. So let's give him a shot once things are solidified. And I believe that's happening very soon. And let's see what he does. I mean, these people will then work for him once he owns it. So they'll have to do what he says. So if if they're still censoring people, if they're still blocking people and censoring people and and suspending accounts and, and deleting tweets, then we know he's full of shit. But let's see what happens. Once again, why else would he want it? I think it's a pain in the ass. Does he need it? You need wait. He's got SpaceX and Tesla. He needs Twitter. I don't think so. Theoretically, <laughs> but yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. En- enough power is never enough. You you know that, man. People want more power, and I just don't think that we should put our hope in these saviors or have savior complex. But or if think I, that if there's okay, going to be some uh, benevolent if, billionaire to save us. Point too long, but if I had the money to buy Twitter, right? If I had the money to buy Twitter, you say power, power. Okay. But I would feel very powerful. If I could buy Twitter and turn it into free speech and eliminate all the canceling that I hate, I'd, I'd feel very powerful. I feel like I am really upholding the Constitution. All right. I, I would feel very powerful doing that. If I had the power, if I had the power to eliminate all the censorship, I would absolutely do it. And yes, that would give me a great feeling of power. But I think it's a positive thing. I think it's a positive thing for someone with power to do. So maybe it is about power, but it could be sometimes powerful people do positive things with their power. Sometimes they do negative things with their power. Let's see what happens. I understand not trusting a rich guy. I get it. But okay. I'm going I'm to give him a shot. I'm gonna and give dude, him- you know he has those same connections. Have, have you seen the picture with him and uh, Maxwell? They all know those people. It's the same dude. It's, it's yeah, like that's a, what I'm saying. Wait, they wait, run wait, in the wait, same I'm circles. Totally He's not some outsider. Wait a minute. I hate Hollywood littles. I hate them. But if I was in that business, like James Woods is a, is a, is a conservative, right? James Woods is a conservative. Yeah, I have no idea who James Woods is, man. Remember, I'm younger. No, but whatever. There are a lot of Hollywood conservatives who will still maybe go to parties and have taken photos with people who they don't politically agree with. You can't say, oh, look, you're in a photo with Oprah Winfrey, you phony. That's not the way it works. They're in the same circle. Oprah Winfrey was friends with Harvey Weinstein. Do I think she knew he was? Dude, a lot of people were friends with Harvey. Right, I mean, the they, video they, of Meryl Streep calling him God. He, wait, did they all know what he was doing? Of course not. Because when you do something like that, you don't tell everybody. I'm sure some people do. No, but when you do something like that, you keep it to yourself because you know it's illegal. You don't want people to know. You don't want it spreading. You want to keep it under wraps. You don't want people to know that stuff. Come on, if you're a fucking pervert, you don't want the world to know. You don't want your friends to know because you'll lose a lot of them. So. Just because Oprah Winfrey has a photo with Harvey Weinstein in 1992 at the apex of, of, of Miramax does not make her, you know, a protector of, 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 of perverts. Look, look, a lot of people took photos with that guy, Epstein and her, because they were just societal figures. They, but not everyone was on that. Well, people did you know. know because he was convicted in 2008 and arrested for, you know, these things, rape and stuff in 2004. So people definitely knew. All right. Well, and like for example, Clinton had her uh, at her Chelsea Clinton had Maxwell at her wedding in '18, I think. Yeah. So people, you know, they they definitely went along because it was in their interest, whether it was about blackmail or just pure friendship, well, whatever you want to say. Look, there are photos of me at Bernie Sanders rallies. Am I a phony? No, we yeah. There, I, I, I I I never called you a funny man. You're, you're just some guy on call. You know, you know. You're you're, you're one of the masses. You're not in power, so I don't really. 
you know, spent my time uh, uh, hating yeah, I'm on you. Get more powerful, baby, and then you'll see. But I'm, I don't think I'm a phony. You know, it's just that you know. You... Well, dude, you, we're talking about like one person that you you're like a podcaster. You have a show on at Colin, a very small app, compared to some of the people. That's powerful. So, so it's like Carson, the, the most word, bizarre comparison. Carson, keep using the word small. Great. Thank you. Appreciate it. Go ahead. What else? You, you know what I'm saying, man. Yeah. Okay. Oh, what else do you have to say? <laughs> no, the, that's it. I, I just wanted to say hi. That's all. Uh, <laughs> that, that's really all I have to say. Um, oh, well, trust, okay. I'll say don't something. Don't trust billionaires. Don't trust billionaires, right? Oh, well, I'm just saying be skeptical of people in power, you know, generally. Yeah. And don't think that there's going to be some magical person to save us. You know, we have to save ourselves. We have to save ourselves. That's very deep. I don't know. I, we have to save ourselves. Yeah. Do you have? Do you have any? Do you have a plan? No, I'm just saying that. Like, <laughs> we we, we can't wait for some uh, theoretical um, politician or you know yeah. corporate guy to save us. You know, or hey, just wait. before yeah. you go, I'm going to get you on something. Jimmy Dore uh, made a lot of money from Cenk Uger. Is he a phony? That, that that's a good question. And uh, uh, Jimmy actually answered or responded to this. Uh, I think last year, two years ago, and he said, "Yeah, partially that it, it was wrong for him to take the money that he indirect, you know, that he got from Katzenberg." But obviously, you know, you're not going to say uh, uh, Jimmy is going to give it back, you know. But yeah, so you know, may, maybe yes and no, partially. That's all but I have to that's say. That's where he was at that point in his life. Yeah, yeah. And people change, and things well, change. Well, dude, when I mean phony, I'm talking about in the realm of like free speech and just be skeptical. That that's what I'm saying, and I, I'm just saying that like I, I don't think. That some savior is going to save us. That's all. No, I, look, I'm not. I swear, I'm not looking to Elon Musk as a savior. And look, I've I've been all over him on Twitter to like you know, if you know you're buying it, if everyone knows you're buying it, go go public now and say this censorship has to stop. If it doesn't stop now, I'm firing everyone when I get in. He could do that. He hasn't done that, so maybe that's part of maybe. Yeah, I I hope he does. You know, I just don't think he's he's going to do what people think he might think he's gonna do that's all yeah well you know what but he's a very public figure he's, he has said a lot of things he'll take a lot of heat if he doesn't yeah I'll, I'll give him this credit he's definitely much more open and i don't know if honestly but he's much more like open and free willing than like most other like billionaires or people in his like similar to him i'll say that like because like, you'll never see like jeff bezos like trying to be as honest as him or bill gates or you know ceo of disney you get me i, I get you yeah absolutely yeah, i do that takes you know some credit like i think he said he has asperger's so maybe that's part of it you know he's not even aware that that he's being as honest as he is i don't know yeah you know but you know it's um look uh, once again i think as i started the show and the the hour so far has been about it's been about the erasing of history and of course the extension to that is cancel culture and, and canceling people's accounts and canceling what they say oh yeah you said about how uh but jay butter and peter mccullough got censored on twitter well, because but McCullough's totally suspicious. They they took his countdown. They took his oh, account. You know? Yeah, and like I saw, I think Jimmy Dore talked about it today, and, he, and and Twitter said like, oh, he was spreading misinformation. So I like how the people on Twitter know more than like some of like the most respected doctors in the world. Just, they don't, they they're 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 leftists. So anything that doesn't fit their narrative is spreading this misinformation. You have to if you give the left point of view, it's 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 information. If you don't give the left's point of view a narrative, it's misinformation. That's what they mean. Yeah, no, I hear. He was spreading non. He was spreading non-leftist views. That's what he was doing. He well, was spreading- you know, that's this is a sign of uh, fascism as part of censorship. But anyway, so Mike, the last thing, um, I'll, ahead, I'll end on on something that'll make you laugh, man. 
because uh, uh, I, I always like to end our conversations good. So <laughs> recently, so my mom's a doctor, and so there was like a doctor conference this weekend uh, in Anaheim, Disney, you know, near Disneyland, like yeah. right next to it, actually, like half a mile away. And so I went, and like I don't know why, maybe it's because like they're doctors and they want to be extra cautious or something. Who knows? So they had, a, in order to get inside the convention, they had a booster mandate and a mask mandate. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's all. I, I just wanted to make you laugh, man. That's all. That's it. That's, you know what? That's the, the height of, of irony, isn't it? It's oh, okay. Just, no, it's incredible. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's just really, it's, it's amazing. But like I said, these people. We got to take fun. zero risks. We got to, you so know, be super safe. Yeah, they're locked into what they believe, and they'll never admit they were wrong. Yeah. Never. Hey, uh, I actually thought of something great to talk about you, but I, I got to sleep. So I'll save it for next time. Save it for next time. Uh, what's your last How do you uh, say your last name? Kachopoli. Kachopoli. Oh, okay. That's it. Perfect. You got it. Good. You win. Well, yeah, win. because you know, sometimes like I, I think about you and, and just like randomly, you know, in my head and I'm like, well, what, what I want to say. But yeah. I, I always just think of you as Mike. I, I don't know what, how to say your last name. Okay. So, so now when I think of you, I'll know how to say your last name. Kach- exactly. Kachop- Sorry, Kach- can you say it again? Kachopoli. 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 Okay, thanks. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And of course, I'm being, uh, he left, he went to sleep. Uh, I, I'm being uh, American, too Americanized there. It's actually Kachopoli. You know, if you're in Italy, if I go to Naples, where my family's from, they'll say Kachopoli, and that's the right way to say it, but I don't say that here. I say Kachopoli. Um, <laughs> you're talking about hypocrisy, the height of hypocrisy. Oh, I can't. I'm, I'm not going to play the clip because I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to inflict her on you. I can't stand listening to Kamala Harris speak. It's like you know the nails across the chalkboard thing. And that very sing-songy way she talks, where she is telling us, like we're talking to us, like we're five-year-olds. That's kind of thing. Anyway, so <laughs> Biden has. Uh, it's pardoning everyone who's in jail for smoking weed, which if you listen to the people who know what they're talking about, say no one's in jail for smoking weed. And they're right. No one's in jail for smoking weed. No one. There's not one person in jail that's in jail right now simply for smoking weed. The the uh, people who are in jail where it may be technically written as a violation of that, of you know, marijuana laws, they were <laughs> they, they were given plea bargain deals. All these people have done much worse things, but it was plea bargain down to this less, the, the least offense, which would be something like, you know, possession of marijuana. But those people are in jail actually for much worse than that. Like, you know, for like selling drugs and they just, you know, plea bargain it down as all these DAs do to possession of marijuana, but they're not actually in jail just for possession of marijuana, even though that's what it says in the books. So nobody's in jail for smoking weed. However, the last person, the last person. So basically Biden's pardoning. You see, the problem is Biden is pardoning these people who technically are in jail for smoking weed, but actually are really in there for doing much worse things. But he's a fucking idiot and he wants to appeal to his base. He wants to appeal to the 37 percent who approve of him and uh, he can't afford to lose any of them come next month and beyond. So he's going to appease them. But remember, people are being released. As bad as crime is now, people are being released for doing much worse than they're actually in jail for. Okay, so we'll get that out of the way. But the last person to be talking about this at all is Kamala Harris, who when she was uh, when she was a prosecutor, 
was absolutely putting people in jail for very small offenses. Very small offenses. Now, once again, Kamala Harris probably did the same thing. She plea bargained it down to the lesser offense and put him in jail for for this. She knows that. So Kamala Harris knows that the people she put in jail are actually in there for much worse than smoking weed, than possession. Okay, for simple possession. She knows she plea bargained them down to simple possession. So she has the nerve to go out there and say nobody should have to go to jail for smoking weed when she knows nobody's gone to jail for smoking weed. She knows it. She was she did this stuff. She did exactly this. So she's being disingenuous. She knows they've been in there for they're in there for worse offenses, most likely selling. Not just selling weed, but you know, whatever maybe selling it in, in mass quantities or selling other harder drugs like meth and coke and whatever it may be. And it was plea bargained down to this. But she knows that. Will she say that? Has she even told this demented fool in private that these people are really have done kind of worse things in this? I'm sure I'm sure she has. I'm sure he knows that. But once again, this is just playing to the base and shows how disingenuous what a moron he is and how disingenuous she is and how they just want to play to their ever dwindling base. So what will happen? I don't know. Will crime go up? Maybe. These are criminals and they're being released. Will crime go up? Possibly. Can we afford to have crime go up anymore? No. Did you see what just happened at Lee Zeldin's house? The, the guy who's running for governor against Kathy Hochul? Did you see that? This is in Shirley, New York. If those of you who don't know about Shirley, it's a very nice suburban part of Long Island. It's suburbia. It's not the city. His daughters were in the house. He was out at Columbus Day. He had just left the Columbus Day parade on Sunday. And his daughters were in the house. I think they were doing their homework. And they hear shots outside. And one of the bullets landed like 30 feet from where the daughter was. I don't know if it was in the house or outside the house, but the bullet was very close to where she was. And it was just, it looked like it was some kind of a drive-by shooting. A random drive-by shooting. It had nothing to do with him running for office. It was a random drive-by shooting. And these two guys who were, these two people who were injured were like, one was lying under his staircase and one was lying outside in the bush. Right on the doorstep in suburbia of the guy running for governor uh, against Kathy Hochul, showing you just point being that the crime is everywhere. It's not just in the urban areas. It's not just in the inner cities. It's not just the gangs in the inner cities. It's spreading out to everywhere. This lawlessness, this idea we can do whatever we want, this idea of the laws don't matter, this idea of we're the only people on this earth. No one else exists but this incredible selfish attitude. And it's just spreading everywhere. We can do what we want. No one's going to stop us. We're doing something illegal. Try to stop us. Go ahead. We dare you. Because these shit liberals are so weak on crime that they won't do what's necessary. They won't do what's necessary to stop these people, to end crime, to, to uh, end, end crime, love to end crime, but to, to, to uh, you know, to make crime go down. <sighs> To levels that I guess at one point were considered more normal or acceptable, you're not going to get rid of crime totally, but it is totally out of control. It's totally out of control. And part of it is this mentality of just let people out of jail. Oh, they're too crowded. Don't put them in jail. These people are oppressed. They come from low income. They don't know any better. You know, they don't deserve to be punished. They deserve to be rehabilitated, as we know most people. It's just a sad fact that most people who are criminals are always criminals. There are very few. There are so few that the ones who do 
change their lives are often are often uh, uh, given. We see them. We know who they are. Right? They've gone to work for law enforcement, or they'll they'll they'll, they'll uh, they will be uh, heralded on television because it's such a rare thing. It's such a rare thing. Once someone is an adult and part of a criminal uh, criminal element and the criminal mindset, they don't change. No matter how many times they go to jail, they don't change. There's no rehabilitation. Whether there can be or not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't happen. That's not what jail is. It's punishment. It's not rehabilitation. So they're not rehabilitated. So this whole idea of like, oh, they'll, and we see this in cases where people commit a crime. It's a really bad crime, right? We've seen it over and over again, especially in the last few years. And we look at their rap sheet. <laughs> we look at, remember that one guy who just knocked that guy out in the street? His head hit the cement and he had like 14 mug shots. He had been arrested like 14 times in the last two or three years. So we're seeing that more and more now because these people cannot be rehabilitated and they often will just do worse and worse things. They get away with this. They'll get away with a little bit more. They'll get away with a little bit more. They'll get away with a little bit more. Oh my God. But they say, ah, the liberals say, look, they were arrested 10 times, but it was just for minor things. Well, the 11th time, it wasn't a minor thing, was it? Because they cannot be rehabilitated because it's a criminal element will always be a criminal. Criminals are criminals. They have criminal mindset. They have mindset of like, uh, you know, I'm going to take whatever I can to survive, survival of the fittest. This is owed me. And if it's not, I'm taking it from, I'm taking it. I'm taking it. It's owed me. I'm taking it. I'm taking money from you. It's owed me. If I hurt you or kill you too bad, it's owed to me. Society owes this to me. I've been oppressed. This is their mindset. And that doesn't change for most people. For 99% of the people, it doesn't change. And once again, the proof is in the pudding. You see someone will commit a violent act, whether it's assault or murder, and you go back and sometimes they had a, they've assaulted or murdered people in the past. Other times, no. But they have a huge rap sheet of one thing or another that they were let off easy for, got out of jail in a year for, were never prosecuted for, whatever it may be. And so that's where we are right now. And that's, the you know, once again, a continuation of this idea of just pardoning people who were in jail for drug offenses. Guaranteed. If you follow, if someone follows those people, you'll see most of them probably end up committing crimes again and back in jail again. And that's just a sad state of things. That's just the way things are. That's the reality the left doesn't seem to care about. They don't, they don't want that reality. They want a different reality. Okay? In their reality, people are, commit crimes, but oh, they're oppressed and they learn their lesson and they're good people. And that's not the way it works. Not the way reality works. It's just not. We have to kind of live with the real reality, not some virtual reality or some other reality that we want to create. That's not the way it works. And until we get a handle on that, until we live in this world where criminals are criminals, where people who come across the border illegally are illegals and need to be sent back, the real world, the real world, then things are not going to get any better. Then things are not going to get any better. Like I've said, it doesn't matter that most of the people who come across the border legally are not bad people. Some of them do commit crimes. We just saw one. We just saw one. It happens where an illegal commits a crime. Now, it's bad enough when a citizen commits a crime. When someone who's illegal commits it, it's worse because they shouldn't have been here in the first place. Okay? They should not have been here in the first place to commit that crime. They should have committed the crime in the country they're from. 
makes me so fucking angry. It really does. And of course, the bigger problem is fentanyl and the, the cartels, the way they use good people as mules. They're getting fentanyl into this country. The fentanyl is coming across the border. A lot of it's coming across the southern border because it's so porous. That is a bigger problem. That is a bigger problem than actually the people coming across. It's that fentanyl that's coming across. And now the left wants to make it look like the right is just making it up, right? The right, people on the right are talking about Halloween coming up. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. The people on the right are talking about, you only see this on Fox News, about how a lot of this fentanyl is being packaged. And when they show the, when the, when the law enforcement takes photos of this fentanyl, it's obviously, obviously being packaged to appeal to children as candy. It's obvious. It looks like Skittles. Okay. Fentanyl doesn't actually look like Skittles. Doesn't look like M&Ms. Okay. So it's obvious that it's being packaged, at least some of it, part of it for kids. And, uh, and they're talking about just be careful. There's not going to be any mass poisoning come Halloween, but just be careful if you're a parent. That's all people on the right have been saying is be careful. Check your kid's candy. Now, this is not a new thing. Remember when the thing about putting razor blades in candy was a big thing? They had no, the left had no problem checking. In fact, they all checked. They were all afraid of their kids' candies. They checked. I remember when I was a kid, they would check. My mother would check for razor blades. All the parents, whether they were conservative or liberal, would check for razor blades and other stuff. Okay. Just the same thing. Just be careful. Check your kids' candy when they bring it back. Make sure it is actual candy. Okay. Make sure it's packaged and closed. Make sure it's real candy. And the people on the left can't stand this. Oh, the, the Times is writing. Or the, oh, the, 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 the GOP is making up fake stories about fentanyl. Well, all the fentanyl deaths are those fake stories too, you stupid shit libs. You fake news peddlers. All these deaths of fentanyl fake. No, the COVID deaths were absolutely fake. But the fentanyl deaths aren't fake. See, they got everything ass backwards. All the COVID deaths were real COVID deaths. The fentanyl deaths, oh, that's all made up. Fentanyl is not a real problem. It's made up. What are you talking about, you crazy right-winger? You crazy Trumper? There's no fentanyl problem in this country. Once again, they want to create their own reality. I see no problem with parents. They don't want parents to have any control of anything. That's the problem. Whether it's kids being taught about critical race theory or transgenderism or all that stuff. They don't want parents to have any, any control. Kids wearing masks at schools, kids, kids having to get vaccines. They want the government to be the parent of the children, not the parents. Another reason why they're going to get their ass kicked next, next month, the Democrats. But there's no problem with people checking their kids' candy. Okay? And the left, these are the last people who have the fucking right to talk about anyone creating fear and hysteria. After what they did for the last two and a half years with COVID, they have no right to talk about the right creating fear and hysteria over anything. And fentanyl is a real problem. And some of it, I don't know if it's 1%, 2%, or 80% is being packaged to go to children, for children to eat it. So check your kids' candy if you have kids. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that. There's nothing hysterical about that. It's, we've done it in the past. And so we can do it again just to be safe, right? Isn't that what the left said? With Just for the greater good, just to be safe, for the greater good. Well, for the greater good, for really for the greater good of your children, just to be safe, check their candy. There's nothing hysterical or conspiratorial or Trumper about that. These, these liberal morons. Anyway, I'm going to end on that. We'll talk more about that because Halloween is coming, right? In a couple of weeks. I can't believe it's here already. And then Thanksgiving. And, you know, I, I, I put on my social media. And uh, Carrie Price, the, the former 
goalie for the Canadians wrote Happy Thanksgiving. I'm thinking, what is he, nuts? And I remembered, oh, yeah, it's that weird October Thanksgiving those Canucks have. So we've passed uh, Thanksgiving in Canada and full speed ahead to Thanksgiving in, in this country and other holidays. All right. This has been a, a, a uh, Monday show. Um, once again, the only night this week, remember, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. UK time. I'll, uh, Friday night, the last night of the week, Friday night show might be a little bit later because for a good reason, I have a good excuse. I have a good excuse. I have a good excuse. <laughs> I'm going to see um, Dr. Scott Atlas in Palo Alto in Stanford speak on Friday night. So I might be a little bit late, but I'll definitely report on that afterwards. But otherwise, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. London time. The name of the show is, and let's be heard, I'm Mike Chopoli. And remember, always remember, it's getting close, four weeks away. Vote Democrats out of office. Vote them out now. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you here tomorrow night.